So Money Episode 504, Geraldine Lepere, CEO of Commune Française. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome to So Money, everyone. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi, busting out my French on today's episode. You know, this week I'm releasing two interviews with two extraordinary self-made female online entrepreneurs. Both happen to be students of Ramit Sethi's Zero to Launch course, which, by the way, I'm working my way through as we speak, and it's phenomenal. Hopefully it's going to get me to where I want to be in the next few months launching my course. I had the opportunity to stop by Ramit's epic Forefront event earlier this fall. It's an event where he invited some 500 of his disciples and fans from all over the world to join him in New York for a weekend of connecting, events, adventure. And by the way, I had Ramit on the podcast earlier, back when I was first launching, in fact, episode 85. Check out that interview. Very cool. I've also had his sister on the show, his mom. It's a very exceptional family. My first one-on-one from the Forefront event you're going to hear her today is Geraldine Lepere, and she is the CEO of Commune Française, an online program that teaches you all about the finer points of conversation, social graces, and repartee in French. Now, why I wanted her on the show? I'm a self-described Francophile, okay? And I selfishly wanted to meet her, first of all. I wanted her to rate my French, and I wanted to discover how, through language, we can actually connect more authentically with French people because I've had the experience where I go to Paris, I'm checking into my hotel, it's my honeymoon, I'm I'm practicing how I'm going to greet the check-in at the hotel all the way from the airport to the hotel. I'm such a nerd. I'm like, am I gonna, I'm going to say salut, I'm going to say bonjour, like what am I going to say? Oh, how do you say I want one bed instead of two beds? And I'm like going through all my like high school French or I should say college French. And I get there and I bust out my French And the woman just kind of like stares at me and responds in English. (laughs) Yeah, I've been there. I've been there, people. So how do we sound French to the French? And Geraldine has some ways that we can do this. So if you're interested, keep listening. If you're not interested in that, keep listening anyways, because you're going to hear how she built her success through trial and error and how she thinks about money per her French upbringing, and the one item in her budget for which she spares no expense. Here is Géraldine Lepère. Géraldine Lepère, welcome to So Money. Hi, Farnouche. Thank you so much for having me on So Money. I'm very honored, and hello to all the audience listening. Geraldine, I, I think I'm a closeted Francophile. Maybe not so closeted. If you're my friend, you probably know that Farnouche loves a good French wine. She loves France. My friends even joke that I would have given my kids French names, even though I have no relationship to France. I'm not, although I studied there when I was in college. You have developed a very unique and specific business catering to people like me who want to become not just Francophiles, but really educated and cultured people with regards to France and the French culture. How did you come up with the idea? 
Well, yes, my company is called Comme une Française. It means like a French woman in French. And I'm not sure you're a closeted Francophile. I think you are really one because you told me that you lived in France for more than four months, which is huge. And we talked before a bit in French and your French is pretty good. Um, I came with the idea because uh, my mom is Mexican, so I've always been bicultural and I lived Um, I went on holidays in Mexico, so I knew what it was to be a foreigner. After that, I lived in the, U in the UK for two years where I worked, and I wanted to start my own business. And in the UK, I was asking questions all the time. Why do you do this? Why do you say that? Can, I explain, can you explain this joke? And when I came back to France, I started teaching at the Red Cross to refugees. And they had all these questions that I could answer myself. So I started thinking that I like teaching, I love my culture, and I love to make my students discover my culture so I could teach French, French culture. And exactly as you said, what I do is I help Americans, well, Anglophones who love France and French culture speak everyday French like I actually do. So we are, uh, right now we're working on a new course called Bon Voyage. It's essential French for traveling in France. It's for you next time you're there with your husband to be able to talk to the boulanger when you buy your baguette and uh, have more than just one-way interactions. Really be there and enjoy France like locals do. Yeah, it's so true. There's uh, there's the French that you learn in school and even the Rosetta Stone and other uh, to online tutoring courses, but there's nothing like being embedded in Paris or in France and learning the colloquial way of speaking. Uh, give us some examples. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when you learn this colloquial French that we use every day, people will start answering back in French, which is a, which is a huge difference for tourists because they want to test their bonjour, je voudrais un croissant s'il vous plaît, which means uh, I would like a croissant, please. I knew that. Good. <laughs> so you're ready for traveling in France. And then the people in front of them, they would nicely try to help them. So they would answer in English and there they would be so frustrated and sad because they want to interact in French. So what I say is just use a few words. For example, if uh, you listening out there is interested in French, instead of saying je voudrais un croissant, you can say je vais vous prendre un croissant, which is a different uh, grammar structure, but it's how we actually say it. So it will make a huge difference. One of my students um, is an American, like 60 years old, and he said he has a house in France where he goes every year. And he used this phrase once at the market with the guy he knew. He's been he known for years because they had like this um, very formal interaction. And this guy at the market, he opens he he opened his eyes very big, and he started answering back in French for the first time. And these students emailed me with praises that it should change everything for him. So if you speak the language of the people you visit, it, it changes everything. So that is the test. If they respond to you in French, if the French respond to you in French, you've done a good job. Absolutely. Because they will know that you have the keywords and you have the interest in their country to go beyond the formal textbook French that you learn in high school or just learned on an app to really um, to show your passion about the country. Just as if I was going to the US, I would try to uh, learn a bit more about your culture and your keywords to interact more than on a, on a very commercial and uh, dry way. So there is a stereotype that the French are rude, that the French are impatient. They don't like Americans. What's the truth? 
The truth is, it's cultural differences, just like with other countries. I know that, fortunately, lots of people are looking forward to their time in France as something great, and they want to see uh, fairy uh, fairy tales there. They want to get married, these things like that. And then when the middle real people, they're a bit disappointed. But it's not because people are disappoint disappointing, it's because it's cultural differences. And uh, the way we meet for the first time, the way we meet for the second time, the third and the fourth and the tenth, are we build relationship together. And I have a full course about this topic that was very successful on how to build a relationship with a French person. We're not as extroverted as the Americans are. It's just different. It doesn't mean we're a cold. It's just that you have to learn the codes to crack a French person's heart. Tell us about your courses. Uh, what are the different types that you provide and how can people tap into your expertise and what does it cost? I'm sure some people are listening and thinking, I want to team up with Geraldine, but what's the commitment? First, I have to say that what I like to do is to prove myself to you. I don't just want to take your money. Uh, so I have a channel called Commune Française on YouTube that has over 3 million views, very popular. Lots of people like to watch them. And uh, so it helps me prove to you that you can learn from me. And I have a special style because everything is very personal. I'm the CEO. I'm the main teacher. I, I do everything myself. So if um, we say in French, le courant passe, which means the electricity comes out with between us, and you like my style and you learn something from me, whether like you, you spend time in Paris for a month or you're just visiting for five days and you like it, we can go beyond this uh, very... Um, easy way to learn because YouTube is very, very short and you have you don't have much attention from the students for a very long. So after that, if you like it, I highly recommend you subscribe to my newsletter. It's free. You can unsubscribe anytime. And there we have a very, very close relationship together. And I email you free stuff, private offers, and uh, I advertise my courses mostly only by email. And then I have three courses right now. It's about French vocabulary and pronunciation. I have another one that's more about conversation. So how you and I, if we've never met before, we're going to interact. And the next time we meet, what we're going to say, how to talk about your children, how to talk about your passion, how to ask questions, how to comfort a neighbor. These kind of very human things that's never in textbooks. And it's not about only the words, it's about the culture, how to help someone, how to react to good news. And after that, as, as I was saying before, I have a course called Subtle French for Fitting In, which is much more advanced in terms of deep culture, and students love it. They say it's the only one on this topic on the internet, because it's about how French people build friendships for life. So if you want to live there, or if you're a very, very um, dedicated Francophile. I really recommend that because we go beyond everything you've ever learned and it's a huge course. I was going to say who are your clients, but you just said that, that it's someone who's planning to live there or just a dedicated Francophile. Maybe you're dating somebody who is French. Tell us a little bit about you, Geraldine. I, I got a little snippet in the beginning about how you were... Um, in the UK, and then you came back and you were, um, was it volunteering? Mm -hmm. How did you make the leap to entrepreneurship? That's must have been a, a big decision and a moment for you. 
Absolutely. So I've got an engineering degree, which is something that very few people know about. And I was um, in all the students club and elected and all this. And I love that. I love to prove myself and to work hard. And uh, when I went to the UK, I was reading lots of blogs. I was following Ramit Sethi's blog. I've got his book. I was following uh, Tim Ferriss from the big, almost the beginning, like when the four hour work we came out. So I was following everything that was going on in the US. And I wanted to do that. So I was 27. My partner was back in France. I, I wasn't taking any risk. So I thought I'm going to start my own business. And where I live, I live in the French Alps, which is close to Switzerland. It's a very, very nice area. And we have the second uh, biggest expat community in France after Paris. So everybody speaks English. Lots of Americans, lots of South Americans, many, many cultures there. So I started asking around, what do you think if I was doing Commune Française, which was teaching Americans and um, foreigners about my culture for everyday life? And they say, they said, please do this. I need it. Or I would have loved to have it. I got my first, I remember that very well, my first uh, public transport ticket when I arrived in France. I had never taken a bus before. So it's all about everyday life. Like, I'm very afraid when my daughter gets her homework in French because I don't know how to do it. How do French people do homework? Should I help her? Should I not help her? So it's all about helping humans around me. You know, one of the books I read when I was preparing for being a coming a mom, Bringing Up Baby. Heard of it? Absolutely. It's a very, very, very good book. And uh, I did a review, I think, for Le Monde on this book. It's an excellent book, not only if you have children or if you're a Francophile. In terms of general thinking about parenting, it's very interesting. And if you're a Francophile, it, it gives so much about um, French culture. And if you're a parent, it tells you so much about how humans actually react in real life when they have children, they panic. So I highly recommend this book as well. Uh, yeah, one of the big takeaways from that book for me was when they're a little bit older, one of the rituals that French children have when they come home from school is they bake. I didn't know this. The, is, this re, is this for real? And so what it teaches kids is some math because they're measuring and obviously they become skilled in the kitchen, but also delaying gratification because when they bake their cookies or their brownies or their cupcakes, they're not allowed to eat it right away. They have to save it for dinner and they can only have one. I mean, to tell a four-year-old that congratulations for baking this pie, but you have to now wait three hours to take a bite. That's a big, that's a big life lesson, but something that you don't think could actually be a teachable moment. A French food is very important in a French culture, as you know, not only because it's good, but because for us, food is a social moment. When you go to the restaurant, you don't buy food, you, you buy times with your friends. So the, for baking, absolutely. Every, every child did the gâteau yaourt, which is a, a cake you make with the yogurt and other ingredients as well, but it's very easy to measure because you use this yogurt um, box to measure everything. So it's two of these, three of that. And I remember very well baking this cake, as you said, after uh, school with my grandma. So absolutely. And it helps to appreciate good food, appreciate sharing it with others. And as you said, very well at uh, delaying gra uh, gratifications and also sharing this food with others at the end of the meal. So take us back to your childhood. You brought up your, your grandmother and baking with her. 
this show is about money, and I think that so much of how we relate to money and manage money stems from our exposure to money as a child. Yes. So to come back with to my grandmother, so I have a grandmother who is French and a grandmother who is Mexican, and.、Um, When I was a child,、uh, my grandmother was very, very important part of my life because she would pick me up from school. We would go to、uh, piano lessons together, and I remember very well that when we went to buy a croissant、uh, for le goûter, which is the 4 p.m. snack,、uh, she'd only give it to me if I said s'il te plaît, which is please, and merci, which is thank you, and not if I wasn't saying it. So. Because she lived in France during the war, and、uh, even though she was in a less touched area in the Alps, which was I'm very, very lucky she was there. She remembered being very hungry during the war, so she always taught me to be polite, have good manners, and that nothing is due to you, especially money. So you have to cherish it and make the most out of it. So politeness and good behavior are very, very important in French children education, and also respecting money as something that it's not due to you. Tell us, have you noticed what other cultural differences around money you have seen? Compared to how the French perceive money and manage money, and how Americans do. First, in terms of、uh, options for us, we don't have as many options to be in debt as you are. We don't have、um, that many credit cards. It would be very surprising for people who have five or four, like you do. We don't have credit cards, so we are luckily not in this way.、Um, however, about money, what's super important in the French culture is having a good life. And it can be about money, but it can be about other things as well. Having good friends, being able to provide for them. So, money in France is not going to be something that you would use to buy stuff, such as a big car, a big house, to impress your friends or just for you. It would be more about buying good food to be together,、um, sharing a holiday together, to go and discover other parts of Europe. So, I would say that、uh, money is more helpful to live a good life. Have good memories and spend time with friends in a very good way, and your children as well. Than buying stuff. So tell us, what would you say was a mistake that you ever made with money, or and or starting this business? I have something that I always always remember. I think in terms of money plus the business is that I offered a few years ago for Christmas the option for clients to buy surprise boxes for Christmas with a French. Um, French gifts inside. They could offer it to other people or keep it for them. Customers could purchase them and receive them for Christmas right on time. So I was good on that, and it was a great idea at the time. But when I took it to the post office and I had to send it to Australia, I had to pay a lot of money. So this story taught me that first the prospects and client had faith in me to buy a surprise box, so that was good. But on the other side, it taught me to do the math before I plan a product. <laughs> So in the end, they loved it. They were very happy with it, but it costed me a lot of money, and I don't even talk about the taxes I had to pay. So, what I learned as well is that you have to fail early because you fail with a small number of people. If I was doing this mistake now, I could, it, I could be in big trouble. So, fail and try things early while you have a very small audience. So it works or it doesn't, but at least you don't waste time or too much money like I did. So fail is okay. Failure is okay, but failing early is even better <laughs> because, like you said, it's not as costly、uh, for you. What about success? What's something that you're really proud of as you have built、uh, Camus Francaise? The thing I'm most proud of is the community around Camus Francaise because 
whether people buy or not, I consider them as a part of the community. But what students have achieved is huge, not only in terms of success. Some bought a house in France after taking course because they were um, confident enough to speak to the homeowner and buy the house. Um, others uh, came in for the first time with their children and they were not afraid to take the metro or anything. But it, it's mostly about the little things. For example, a student uh, who is in restaurants and someone like the waiter thinks that they are actually French. Just a few words. They didn't speak for ages because he would have figured it out. But just a few words that she was using what I told her. And the waiter started speaking in French and he said, oh, so where are you from? So what are you doing in the region? And she was like, I'm not French. Oh, I thought you were. That's huge because it proves that with the right words, the right attitude and the right mindset, you can achieve whatever you want, even if you think you will never get there. She would never, ever had expected that. Wow. So not exactly fake until you make it, as we say <laughs> here, but that's really believing in yourself and having the confidence. Sounds like your course is giving students more than anything, just the confidence because Even for me, I studied French in college and high school. I lived there. It's been a very long time since I've spoken regularly. And now, like before we went live, you said, say something. And I was, I was embarrassed because I don't want to sound silly or unre you know, unpracticed, but practice makes perfect. Absolutely. And I, as I told you, when you said that, your accent is pretty good. So you have nothing to be ashamed of. And the more you try, the better you will succeed. And it's all about passion. If you have a big smile and your eyes are very open when you start talking, people will see your passion and your interest. So it doesn't matter if your French is just a few words or big phrases. It's only intention and what you want to do there. So now, Geraldine, I'm really curious to learn what might be your top financial habit. And maybe it is something tied to the French culture. Yes, I think so. As you talked about experiences, really what I think about when I buy something is, will this build good memories for the future? It prevents, I think, me from buying doing impulse purchases, like things I will never use again, or that are not me. So it's really helpful. And uh, you really focus on passion and lasting purchases, like good quality things, pretty things. I like dresses. That's I love dresses. I don't know why, but that's my thing. And um, because of my job as well on YouTube, I have to dress well. So I try to buy good quality, pretty dresses. And also it's all about enjoying life. And enjoying life, as you said, is really at the center of French culture. And it's not only related to money. You need a certain level of money to be happy because you can buy food for your children. But it's all about experiences. You can spend an afternoon in the park and be very happy and not paying anything else than your picnic. So Again, good food, good friends, good conversations. This is what is all about uh, French culture. So do you just tell yourself before you make a purchase, Geraldine, what do you say in French? What is the, <laughs> qu'est-ce que je vais, qu'est-ce que je vais faire? What am I going to do? Or what's the term? I would say, est-ce que ça va me rendre heureuse? Will make this, will this make me happy? Mm. So it can also be um, a decision about everyday life. When I came to meet you today, I could have taken the subway. You say that in English, in Correct. the US. Okay. <laughs> Metro, subway. <laughs> the subway. Or I could have uh, taken a cab and I took a taxi. Yes, sorry, that's the English word. The American word is cab. So I took a cab so I could relax, uh, prepare, breathe, uh, not be all sweaty. So this is a decision that I made because I thought when I'm going to meet Farouche, it's the first time we meet. I don't want to, 
I don't want to be all tired and it's so hot in New York today. I'd rather take a cab, relax and be ready to meet her in nice conditions. So now when I think about it in one year, I would think we had a very good time together. I felt very happy and very relaxed meeting her. We are having a good time together. I'm having a wonderful time talking with you. And I did not take a taxi or cab simply because I work about a mile from here, but I'm five months pregnant. So I probably should have taken like, I don't know, a horse-drawn carriage or something because <laughs> I was pretty exhausted by the time I got here. I hope it didn't show, but you got my energy back now. Let's do some really fun, so money fill in the blanks. Okay. This is something that I ask all of my guests to do. Don't overthink it. Just the first thing that comes to mind. If I won the lottery, first of all, do French play the lottery? My mom does. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's an American thing. All right. So if you won the lottery, the first thing I would do is? I think it's very personal, but I would buy a house for my Mexican grandmother and uh, hire a full-time nurse so she can spend her last moments in peace. Oh, that's sweet. Your grandmother lives in Mexico? Absolutely. Do you, do you get to visit her? Yeah, a lot. That's sweet. All right. When I splurge, the one thing I like to buy is? Theater tickets. <laughs> I'm a theater nerd. Um, I can very easily go on my own to London for one week and see nine plays. <gasps> you know, I actually did that. I went in school. We had a program. I had to go to London. I had to. I, I applied and I got into this course. And all we had to do was go to London for two weeks and see at least 10 plays. I saw about 12. London is the best place to see theater. More than New York, I would say. Yes. And uh, we were in New York with my husband two weeks ago. And we spent one week in New York. Well, in the US. And we spent one week in New York. And we saw one play per evening. And what was your favorite? <laughs> I think it was uh, Sleep No More. That is, it's an interactive show, right? Yes, you are surrounded by the actors. So it's something that was starting in London, but uh, went to the US and we absolutely loved it. And I think I would like to pay actors in France and fund um, a theater company just to do that. Oh my gosh, that would be great. Invite me, I would come. Did you see Hamilton? Not yet. Uh, it's coming to London and um, in October next year and I will try to get tickets. Did you see it? I did not, although I was on the site the other night trying to see if I could score some tickets. It's expensive still. It's like eight hundred dollars, and I at that. And even if I paid eight hundred dollars, I wouldn't be able to see it until February. Yes, and I would like. I would be happy to pay it, but the thing is, it's black market, so you never know where it comes from. But um, it's something I don't have any limit in. The, the amount of money I pay uh, in theater tickets every year. I just don't want to see it. When I, when I spend my money to make my life easier or better, I like to buy or spend on? I would say something that really changed my life because of someone else was a cleaning lady. It's not very common in France to have services like this. Uh, it's more American until now, but it's getting better and better. And what, what was really life-changing for me is because as a woman and a CEO, I couldn't do everything myself and I, need to, I needed to take decisions like this. And um, the, something that really clicked for me was when I saw Marie Forleo on the um, uh, B-School that I took before. It's a very, very good business program. And she has this um, lesson that's a bit hidden because it's at the end of the program, so you have to do everything to get there. 
she's on stage and she's talking about this mindset that you have to change as a woman, especially to accept that you cannot do everything. And she cries when she says it. So this changed my life because I realized that um, you cannot be the woman that advertised in the ads, such as the perfect um, cook, the perfect um, lover, the perfect super pretty woman that you're supposed to be. It doesn't exist. So you have to get help if you want to get where you want to go. It's absolutely true. And I'm in that camp as well. I have a cleaning lady. Maybe what's happening in France is people are listening to this podcast because this happens to be the number one answer to this question. People love to say that they their lives have been made easier and better by investing in health. And a large, largely it's through cleaning services because it's... I like coming home into a clean space. It it makes me feel relaxed and like I can be more productive at home as, as I was productive during the day at work. All right. When I was growing up, the one thing I wish I had learned about money is? It doesn't take care of itself. You have to take care of it. When I was a student, my, my dad would pay for everything for me. And I wasn't looking at my bank accounts and I was often in debt. And it's something I'm very ashamed of, retrospectively. And uh, so now I try to give lots of gifts to him for helping me, even though I wasn't really a serious, uh, a serious student in terms of uh, money. So this is something I would have loved to be taught before as well. And I'm planning to teach my children is that you have to be careful with money and follow your bank account and respect it in terms of numbers as well. Because if you don't, you will have to pay fees and debts and it's really bad. So respect your money. When I donate, I like to give to blank because? Well, the obvious answer for me is the Red Cross, uh, especially locally, because uh, without the Red Cross, I wouldn't be here. My company wouldn't exist. It's by teaching refugees in my city that I found out that I love teaching, that I loved answering questions about my culture and very, very small things could be make big differences. So I thank them a lot about this and I'm very happy to send them checks, even though I don't say who I am all the time, just to give anonymously and to help them going on. And I'm Geraldine Lepere. I'm so money. Do we say that in French? I'm so money. Well, how would I, how would, how would that translate? I don't think we have this expression in <laughs> French. <laughs> That's okay. Coming soon to a French dictionary. I'm so money because? Because I embraced money as a way to live a wonderful life. Thank you so much, Geraldine. I'm so happy to meet you. I hope you have a great time this weekend. What's going to be your activities? I know that Ramit has a number of like dozens and dozens of different immersive activities planned for his students all during the weekend. So what are you planning on doing? I'm a board game geek. So I applied for the poker and blackjack. <laughs> and that's all poker and blackjack all weekend? That's the rich activity that I, I choose for, I think, Saturday afternoon. But the rest of the, um, of the weekend is going to be great. It's going to be meeting in real life people you've seen on and posts are uh, being featured in the Huffington of, of Post or just chatting online. So we just had a meeting before and it was so extraordinary because it's people we saw and online and we are now seeing them in the flesh. So it's a great opportunity. I thank you so much, Ramit, for organizing this and thank, thank you, Farouj, for having me on your podcast. Thank you so much. That's a wrap. 
To learn more about Geraldine, visit communefrancaise.com. If you missed any of this, we have the transcript and the audio at somoneypodcast.com. And if you have a question for me about money, career, life, work, whatever, uh, you can leave a voicemail for me on the website or click on Ask Farnoosh and submit your question that way. And we'll enter it in for the Friday episodes of Ask Farnoosh. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Au revoir.